0: Interestingly, there was one um politician, his name was Bichai Wila Waidia, who was known as Mr. Condom. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Compassion Fatigue. I am Emily. And I'm Elise. Uh, So today we're going to do a little bit of um, a deep dive into an issue that has affected um, Asian American Pacific Islanders' lives because it is still Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Um, Yeah, so we thought we would celebrate by doing a deep dive into the area of prostitution. Yeah, so it's (laughs) interesting, but like I've always had kind of like a weird fascination with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the idea of prostitution, that I really can't explain. Um, it is the oldest job, right? It's the oldest job. Um, and I guess thinking about Asia, like a lot of people go to Thailand for prostitution, for example. Right. And I don't know. I, I just thought it would be an interesting topic of discussion. It is a little taboo, I guess, but... Um,
1: but
0: yeah. But I think what
1: are your thoughts on it? it? I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's the old, like I said, it's the oldest occupation known to mankind or supposedly, right? Um mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of values and morals tied up with prostitution. Like, I think sex in general is something that gets most people riled up for one reason or the other.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um... I don't know, for me, and this might be very controversial, and this is very, um, quote-unquote, liberal, right? <laughs> yeah. But for me, I'm just like, if it's two consenting adults, mm-hmm. and the person who is providing those services is a consenting adult,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and went into this willingly, without coercion, and is not there unwillingly, Mm-hmm do I have any right to say what they can or cannot do?
0: Right, right. And right. I guess it's, it's good that you, you put that up front because I also feel the same way.
1: And I guess for me, and like again, like I don't want it. I mean, people are going to misconstrue whoever listens to this, right? <laughs> the way they want mm-hmm. to. But I want to be yeah. clear in what I'm saying. It's like, do I feel more, like, I guess what I feel morally or what I believe my morals and values are, I guess for me, I don't want to impose those onto other people. Correct. I guess, which is where I'm like, that's why I'm like, if it's two consenting adults and mm-hmm. the person, again, providing those services is someone who went into this profession knowingly, willingly, yeah, right? As an adult, wasn't coerced as into it. As an adult, Didn't go into it when they were young and then like kind of grew up in it and thinks that's normal, right? But mm-hmm. as an adult who was fully educated, went into it, oh, oh, eyes wide open, all that good stuff, and still is consenting and was all that good things like who am i to judge them right
0: right like go get your coin like i don't have any stake in the matter so like whatever (laughs) right
1: it's kind of like i i have personal opinions about it but like i'm just also like that's me
0: exactly like i'm not gonna tell you how you're gonna live your life so
1: yeah i imagine there's things that i do people are like oh why do you do that right they're gonna Mm -hmm. judge me for it so it's like Yeah, got no stones to throw here, I guess, is kind of where I come from.
0: Yeah, I feel similarly. So that's like, I guess, an overall caveat for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, So I'm going to be talking about sort of the history um, of prostitution in Thailand. And Elise, what are
1: you going to be talking about? So while the top overarching topic is prostitution, I'm going to actually be talking about forced prostitution. Okay. Um, And I'm going to be talking about specifically the topic of comfort women, mm-hmm. um, which I'll go into a little bit more detail in a bit, but I'm going to be talking from um, the perspective of South Korean comfort women. Cool. Yeah. Okay,
0: so they're kind of related, but comfort women are not voluntary prostitutes. What I'm yeah. going to be talking about is mostly voluntary prostitutes. Yeah. So slightly okay. different. Slightly make- different, but the same idea of... The sex industry, I guess, yes. the sex trade, yeah. yeah. Okay, so prostitution in Thailand. Um, so some stats and a little bit of legal history first. Yes. So prostitution is estimated to be a $6.4 billion American dollar per year business in Thailand. Um, there are estimated to be seventy six to 77,000 adult prostitutes in the registered entertainment establishments in Thailand. Okay. Um, but estimates kind of vary, uh, various NGOs that work with both like adult and child prostitutes estimate that there are actually between 200,000 to 300,000 prostitutes in Thailand. So there's a lot and it's a very profitable business. But did you know that prostitution is actually not legal in Thailand? I know. Weird, right? Um, the last time it was legal was at the end of the Yutia Kingdom, which was seventeen sixty seven. Okay, that's I thought you were gonna be like, Oh, like it was early nineteen hundreds. No Never- <laughs> <laughs> No, there's been a ton of different um you know, laws in place that keep it illegal, essentially. The most recent one was the Prevention and Suppression of Prostitution Act of 2539, which in our year system is
1: 1996. Okay, I was was like, I can't do that (laughs) (laughs)
0: last. Yeah. Um, So it doesn't necessarily say it's illegal, but it's punishable. Um, There's two different um, sort of laws that I wanted to highlight. The first law makes sense to me is that if you are caught having, um, or if there's evidence against you that you had sexual intercourse with sex workers under the age of 15, you are um, eligible for a prison term for up to 10 years and a fine up to 20,000 baht, which is about $500. Yes? So that makes sense to me in more, the sense that punishment? it should be punishable. <laughs> yeah, it should be more punishable, but it makes sense that it is
1: a punishable offense. Right, right. Again, this goes into, like, child well like don't touch children yeah
0: yeah (laughs) um so that's sort of a yeah a child prostitution pedophile sex trafficking like, uh, yeah that one i can get behind that one i get the one i don't get is if you are a prostitute above the ages uh above 16 years old you are eligible for a prison term of 7 to 20 years and you can be fined anywhere between 14,000 to 40,000 baht. 40,000 baht is um, $1,000. So if you're a, a prostitute over the age of 16, you get a stronger punishment. Like you get more punishment than pedophiles who have had sex with workers under the age of
1: 15. Now that, I do not get. Does does the person who hired the prostitute also get a punishment or is it just the prostitute
0: it's just the prostitute it did not specify the customer what they get for solicitation
1: that is bullshit
0: (laughs) it is yes um so all that being said you might be asking how can we get stats on something that
1: is illegal and punishable right i was gonna ask is it like an open secret
0: (laughs) so yeah essentially it's an open secret because there's a lot of corruption um, among the police So what happens is um, you can have these businesses that are touting themselves as like, I'll talk about this a little later, but they can tout themselves as like karaoke bars or bars, um, massage parlors, bars that are, you know, catered towards foreigners. And those are established entertainment businesses, right? Um, And then on top of that, you can have prostitution, but you have to pay off your local police. okay. So oftentimes the local police or law enforcement will frequent these places, kind of collect their under the table, you know, we won't Mm. get you in trouble if you don't get me in trouble kind of thing. And then people just go on with their business. Uh, One person that I wanted to highlight uh, was this guy named Chuit Kamonwisit, who is the owner of a bunch of massage parlors in Bangkok, dirty massage parlors. He's considered by many as a godfather of prostitution. And in 2005, he was elected for a four-year term to the Thai House of Representatives. (laughs) So, like, everybody knew, right, that he has owned these dirty massage parlors and then elected him to the House of Representatives. Um, Interestingly, in 2008, he ran for governor of Bangkok, but he was not elected. Um, And then he also revealed that some of his best clients were senior politicians, police officers, and other law enforcement people that have paid more than $1.5 million in bribes um, over the course of 10 years so that his massage parlors could continue running. Um, And that's just one official that kind of got his dirty laundry aired out. But yeah, so it's illegal But I guess, like, not enforced is what I'm saying. I guess it could be enforced, technically. It's only illegal
1: for the prostitute, is what basically...
0: Basically, yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're
1: they're the one at fault. I mean, like, you know, it's not like, you know, there has to be two people for sex to happen.
0: Right. You know, supply and demand is not a real thing. No. No. Yeah, so um, I kind of wanted to highlight some areas that prostitution is, um, you know, popular or you can find
1: prostitutes. I'm afraid of this because, like, last year, and we were just talking about this, like, because I, I got, yeah. like, memories of, like, oh, yeah, you were in Phuket last year at this time, and um, mm-hmm. I'm afraid you're going to start saying things, and I'm like, I was there. <laughs>
0: I didn't know. Well, you probably were. So here's the thing: like I've been to all these places in Thailand, in Bangkok. Sorry, in the daytime, and I've seen some of it, and I'll talk about that a little later, but not all of it.
1: Hmm. Okay. Hit okay. Me.
0: Okay. I'm gonna hit you. So there are several like well-known red light districts in Bangkok. Um, Pattaya is also a big hot spot, which is a beach area mm-hmm. south of Bangkok, as well as um, Phuket and Gotsamui, which is another island.
1: I will say I wasn't in Phuket proper, I was north outside of the city.
0: (laughs) You were, you were. Uh, So Patong Beach Resort in Phuket is like a big red light district in Phuket. Um, Hat Yai and Gotsamui and other um, Malaysian border cities are also big prostitution areas. Um, In Bangkok, uh, the most commonly associated prostitution area is in Patpong. Um, I don't know if you've been there, but they're famous for like, uh, you know, ping pong shows. I don't know if you know what those are.
1: I'm not sure I want to know.
0: And by the way, Elise is the editor. You can cut any of this part out (laughs) if it's like too much. Um, There's also areas in the western Sukhumvit Road area um, such as a street called soy cowboy which caters mostly to like tourists and uh, Nana Plaza so I actually went to Nana Plaza uh, recently on my most recent trip mm-hmm. it was a, just interesting um, a lot of old men a lot of women kind of sitting outside of karaoke bars and massage parlors and restaurants and like skimpy outfits um, screaming, like, English, but, like, I don't want to even say Mm -hmm. it in their accent, because it's just, like, you know. Um, But they're just out in the open in the daytime. Um, Okay. uh, Another area in Bangkok is the Lachirapithaik district, which in the daytime is fine, but in the nighttime, there are big um, venues that include, like, sexual happy-ending massages. Mm -hmm. Um, Lumpini Park in central Bangkok is a great place to jog in the daytime, but it's a big prostitution park after uh, park after dark. <laughs> um, okay, so there's that. I will say I went to um, Hua Hin with one of my friends about uh, almost 10 years ago. And um, we were just like sitting outside a restaurant, me and my friend who's also female, um and there's these prostitutes that came out and they're just like asking people if in english if they wanted things and uh, we ended up talking to one of them that was just like waiting for customers because we were just like hey we're Thai, like let's chill and she was super nice like she didn't try to like sell us on anything she was like yeah, I don't want to do this forever. Like, I want to go to cosmetology school. I want to cut hair. I'm, like, really into cutting hair. Um, she was just, like, a normal person. Right. And, you know, she was an adult. She she looked older. Um, And she was, like, yeah, like... Because um, we were kind of asking her, like, do they do weird things or, like, whatever? Right, and she right, was right. just, like, yeah, but, like, you kind of get used to it. Um, there's a lot of old guys and, like, you know, essentially kind of saying that those encounters don't last very long and, like... <laughs> She was like, "It's it's not like as bad as people make it out to be, but it's also like my choice to do this kind of thing, and that's I guess that mindset, you know, right? Yeah, is is what made her kind of able to handle that kind of stuff, right? Um. So, right, so like I said, there are several um, different types of establishments that you can go to to see these prostitutes in action. Um, And they tout themselves as like real businesses, like I mentioned, to Mm -hmm. avoid uh, prosecution. So the first I want to talk about were karaoke bars. And you can notice these because there's like neon lights all around these storefronts. And then an open sign very late at night, but you can't see inside the the building at all. And often there will be... um, like a bench outside of these establishments where there's very good-looking women just sitting there talking to each other or smoking cigarettes or whatever you know um you can sometimes hear some karaoke going on cuz there are women and like some men that actually mm-hmm. do karaoke okay. like um but it's not super popular to go in there and sing if you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> i've never been to one of these um i think and this is totally my opinion, but I think people sing to drown out other noises that could be happening.
1: Makes sense. So,
0: yep. So those are karaoke bars. And then, you know, usually there'll also be like a sign in Thai and English that will say karaoke. Okay. Um, the second uh, are massage parlors. Now there are like legit massage places, but those places close at reasonable times, you know? like Yeah. Like eight five o'clock. Or six. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. They'll be closed. Um The sketchy massage parlors um will be open late into the night. They open at five or um, six. <laughs> they open at five or six again there's um masseuses that sit outside, but the masseuses at like legit places are usually like older women,
1: yeah,
0: um, and they're all wearing like some kind of uniform
1: mm-hmm.
0: whereas the non legit places are younger women wearing like very skimpy outfits <laughs> and again, they'll just be sitting outside kind of selling their wares, if you know what I mean um i did talk to a friend that has been to one of these massage parlors and they do actually do massage okay but then at the end they'll ask you you know they'll tell you to flip around they'll like massage your front a little bit and they'll be like do you want to do this it'll be an extra cost and then they'll do that kind of a menu of options so to speak okay okay so you can get just like a regular massage if you wanted to, or you could wait and
1: go in the morning the next day to a legit place. Um, I mean, I guess it depends heard... on how much you really need that massage at that time of night.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did hear from this person that their massage is like, they don't really like go into your muscles. They kind of just like, ah, ah.
1: Yeah kind of just like it's just like let's really, get this done and over with
0: let's, let's you know get to the point where i can flip you over and ask you a question um so that's dirty massage parlors and then there are bars that are cater- catering to foreigners so um a lot of times these places have like open storefronts where you, you usually mm. see like older white men drinking
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then um pretty women um who are hostesses that will be sitting and like talking to these men. So not just serving the drinks, but also like providing entertainment. Um, And then of course there's, you know, um, there are places in some bars where you can like go do your business or um, you can basically pay the bar owner to take the prostitute back with you to your hotel or whatever. Um, I've again had a friend that has done this before and interestingly, he paid the bar owner to take the prostitute home with him to the hotel. But then once he got to the hotel, they were like, oh, no, you can't do this here. You need to leave. Like, the hotel oh. wouldn't let him in because they were like, oh, we know her. Like, Gosh. no, 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 no. You're not doing this on our premises. So that okay. was interesting. So he had to go back to the bar and then it was a whole thing. Um, yeah. So um, clearly it's it's common. Right. Uh, I know people that have engaged in these things. Right. Um,
1: So that's that. Uh, And I will say, like, I was gonna say, like, this isn't just Thailand, right? Right. Because like everything you're describing, maybe not to like the extent of like actually being, um, like very like having streets where people are out even during the day. But like mm-hmm. the karaoke bars, the massage parlors, the you know the clubs and the bars, like that are kind of just fronts for prostitution. Like those exist in Korea too. Right. 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 Right.
0: right, right.
1: Absolutely. And like you know, very similarly, like you know, you'll go to a karaoke bar and you you know you also get very good looking young women to go along with that particular room. Like right. so that that exists so it's not like it's just a thailand thing right and like i
0: feel like it exists mostly in asia yeah also the netherlands because of amsterdam you know yeah but yeah (laughs) but yeah so these sort of settings are pretty common yeah i guess yeah um so two sorry three kind of groups of people that i wanted to talk about specifically Um, uh, involving the sex trade, the sex industry. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So the first um, kind of special population I wanted to talk about were those who are HIV positive. Mm. So among Thai adults, age 15 through 49, it's estimated that 1.1% of the population um, is HIV positive. But among female sex workers, the prevalence is 2.8%. And um, another kind of special population I'll talk about a little bit more is Gatoi people. Gatoi people um, are people that we would identify probably as trans. Mm. Um, one study. There's not a lot of studies, first of all, that look at the experiences of Gatoi people or trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, in one study, half of the participants stated that they were tested for HIV, and only one of those people... Uh, had seen a healthcare provider in the past year. Mm. So, it's thought that people who are in the sex industry, who do sex work that are Gatay, are, um, you know, have much more health problems. Right. Uh, maybe potentially HIV positive, but we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, speaking of that, Gatay's are... Um, I don't know how to say this in a PC way, I'm sorry. Uh, so, they... Um, tend to be more freelance prostitutes and they uh, often keep a day job. Um, Hmm. A lot of people say that people are with them for the novelty of it. Hmm. So some of them are pre-op, some of them are post-op, but a lot of people kind of just want that experience of being with somebody who dresses or has a top of a woman and then like the other parts of a man um they're also often considered a cheaper alternative to women um i'm not sure how true this is but that's kind of um i guess the notion right if you can't really afford a female a good looking female you look for a good looking um lady boy which i don't like calling them that but some people do identify as lady boys like some Trans people do, but I just feel weird about it. Right. Um <laughs> and um interestingly, there was one um politician, his name was Bichai Wila Waidia, who was known as Mr. Condom. He campaigned a lot to increase the awareness of safe sex practices in thailand especially among like gutai people okay Um, it's said that people people tend to use condoms less Hmm. um, even though they're engaging potentially in more anal sex Um, but this guy mr condom was the minister of tourism and AIDS prevention from 1991 to 1992 He um, also founded the restaurant chain, this is, I think, funny, called Cabbages and Condoms, which gives free condoms to customers or any sex workers that pretty much ask for it. So he's, you know, contending to do a lot to promote safer sex practices among sex
1: workers. Yeah, that went definitely in a much better way than I I had assumed when you first said Mr. Condom. I was like, excuse me, what? No, no, no. um, (laughs) Much better outcome. Right, 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 yeah. He <laughs> campaigns for the use of condoms,
0: which, which I think like is great practice yes. in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So I think a lot more research should be done about gatoys, lady boys, trans people in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Right. There's not a lot of research. There's not a lot of participation. I think mm-hmm. of those people as well. Yeah. Um understandably there's a lot of suspicion if you go to ask mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. who appears to be a lady boy, a lot of questions. They're like, what are you asking? What do you want? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong here kind of thing. Right. But I think that's something that should be highlighted mm-hmm. um, as a vulnerable population. And then the last, I'm going to kind of end with the saddest part is child prostitution. Um, the exact number of child prostitutes is not known. There's one NGO slash research institute called Protection Project that estimates uh, the number of children involved in prostitution ranging from twelve at least 12,000 children to mm-hmm. potentially hundreds of thousands. There's not an exact estimate, really. Um, so the people who are most vulnerable to entering into human trafficking or the sex trade are obviously those in poverty um not just Thai people but people from like neighboring Burma and Laos and Vietnam um you know if you're in poverty you're going right. to use the resources that you have um another population that is vulnerable to child sex trafficking is the ethnic hill tribe people in mm-hmm. northern Thailand bordering um Burma mm-hmm. um they're hugely hugely impoverished uh most of them because um they're considered native people they don't have thai citizenship cards they have their own like tribal mm-hmm. ways of doing things um, but that in turn means that they don't have access to the universal health care system that thailand has they don't have access to education um and again a lot of these tribes are really impoverished So they don't even have the resources a lot of times to have their own education systems and things like that. So they are in danger. Um, Let's see. And then last, just children who are sold by their parents that may not have wanted those children, Mm -hmm. as well as children that feel like they have a sense of duty to take care of their family. Um, In some cases, you know, their parents might be ailing or dead or something like that and they have a sense of duty to, you know, help raise their younger siblings or help themselves survive. So they put themselves into those terrible situations, Um, not just girls, but also boys. I think a lot of times when we talk about prostitution, we, you know, we picture like a woman, but um, young boys too um, enter into the profession for those reasons. so that is my quick and dirty, probably not giving any of those subjects justice, but like history um, right. of prostitution issues in prostitution in Thailand. Um, I think it's really, I guess going back to sort of the intro that we that we went over, Elise, you know, if mm-hmm. you're an adult and that is how you make your living and you don't, you know, you enter into it voluntarily, that's great. But I think a lot of times people in Thailand don't have a choice especially when right, you're a child right and that that's where my values are is like you shouldn't get to a point where you feel like you need to do something like that like right like I think, I think
1: there's there's definitely you know there there's a lot of pain associated with a child being sold or stolen or kidnapped and been trafficked being trafficked into that world mm-hmm. but I think there's another level that gets added when it's a child make like almost making that choice because they feel like they need to for the well-being of their family like right survival basically no child should make that no child should have to ever make that choice right no child nor i don't think
0: trans people should i think I, i don't quite know what the employment uh looks like um what the trends look like for trans people in thailand but like I don't think trans people should be forced into that um, because they don't have any other employment opportunities, and I know that that does happen, and it sucks.
1: And this is kind of a little bit of tangent, but kind of continuing with that idea of the trans people, like, I recently was, I was watching something, and I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of talking about just, um, like, LGBTQ communities within Thailand, and how Mm -hmm. on one hand, it's, like, it's, uh, Thailand is seen as being like the most LGBTQ LGBTQ, They can't talk. LGBTQ. LGBTQ, you got this. <laughs> oh my lord, letters leave. LGBTQ friendly um, Asian like country, mm-hmm. but the reality of it isn't real. Like yes, it's almost like it's like again, it's like prostitution. It's like an open secret, but it's not really equal. There's no equal rights. There's still you know huge taboos. So like societal taboos against being You know, gay, lesbian, or trans, or, you know, Mm -hmm. identifying in any way that's not normal. So, yeah. Yeah, like I imagine, I imagine, like, it's not fair. Like, even if they are employed, I imagine, like, they're probably taken advantage of in some way Mm -hmm. because they can't complain or they can't reach out to authorities.
0: Right. I think it's interesting, and I'm not sure if this is unique to Thailand, but I feel like Thai culture is liberal with this sort of superficial veneer of conservatism, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think people are liberal, but I think there's a pressure to have these sort of more societally conservative values. And that mix causes kind of what we see with prostitution, right? Like liberal policy, but then like this overarching veneer of conservatism. And I think it keeps people who are caught in that flux
1: disadvantaged, like continuously disadvantaged. Right. But I guess my thing is, is like if everyone, if if it is liberal, like why not be just liberal? Like why do we need that veneer of conservatism? Like why do we need that? Like just be open, be, you know, embrace it. Like why make it something that's more it's just like that veneer makes it dangerous and make it makes everything so much more dangerous now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, am I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think in some ways, American culture is like that a little bit where we're liberal with the veneer of conservatism in some ways. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, it's more <sighs> based on individual families and individual opinions right. than like this, Overarching culture that many Thai people buy into. Right. If that makes
1: yeah. sense. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's this interesting, like, yeah, it's like an interesting, like, oxymoron where it's like, yes, we're something we, you know, there's no problems with it, but if you get caught, <laughs> it's like, then you're in huge trouble. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, is it okay then or is it not? Like, right. It it's confusing. Here. Yeah. It's mixed signals. Yeah. Um yeah, I I, I mean I feel like on like, you know, to give a comparison, it's like in Korea, it's been it's very taboo like prostitution while it's like known to happen, it's still very taboo, like something that you do really really hush-hush, like it's not something you really
0: is out in the open. It's not
1: out in the open. It's not it's still like within society not truly accepted. Right. It happens, but it's not really like acknowledged and accepted. So, mm-hmm. it's kind of like It's just constantly shoved under the rug, Mm -hmm. so it's almost like there's less mixed signals about that. (laughs) Like, oh no, that's a very strong, (laughs) linear
0: thought process. Yeah, Whereas in Thailand, I I don't think that that's the case, right?
1: Norms are confusing, (laughs) right? So I'm like I'm like I don't know. I don't I don't agree with either, but I'm not sure there's one that's better than the right. It's just it's hard. It's hard. It it's certainly hard. Yeah, and I don't think.
0: I don't think there is one that's better than the other. I think it's just different, right? I think that's just what it is.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I think you know. Thank you, Emily, for educating me, if no one else. <laughs> <laughs> like I am definitely got like a you know I know it was like a like truly like a crash course. And, like, yeah. You know, and like very like surface level touching on a kind of um, right a, a big lot of different things issue, um, but you know, I think it's very important to kind of talk about it. Like, I think the more, I think what I'm getting out of is the more we hush-hush about it, the more we don't, the more dangerous it gets, the more, like, lies and rumors and superstitions and all that come about. So I'm glad we started this conversation I'm glad we started talking about it and that hopefully this adds, you know, at least a little bit of knowledge to some other people's lives. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know... I know we didn't talk about it but we're realizing that because this is all important that we're wanting to shed equal light on everything that we're going to break this up into two parts. Yay! So yeah, so this was part one of our talk about kind of Asia, Asian-American, I'm not sure, you know, right, just issues with sex and prostitution, I guess is kind of, I guess how we'll cap this topic. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, we'll come back with part two on Comfort Woman. Yeah, sounds yeah.
0: good.
1: Yeah. Continuing our conversation in um, um, on okay. so Comfort Woman is a term they needed free labor to do all the shit that they needed. And now okay. here comes the issue, which I think a lot of issues with Japan recently oh is because okay. of their current prime minister. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Immediately, Korea's like, excuse me, WTF? Like what? Yeah. Um, She was already under fire at that point and this just like added fuel to the flame. And they were like, excuse me, you said what? Like, how did you allow this be something that you- So much. There's still a lot of people in Japan who are like, oh yeah, I mean, I think Korea or like these other countries are exaggerating, over exaggerating what happened. Like I know there were prostitutes, but I mean, they were paid, weren't they? It wasn't a big deal, yeah. And say, okay, we're gonna learn from it. Let's have a conversation of how do we move forward from it.
0: To give voice to those that have already passed is to just continuing to re-educate people. Right. And continuing to like make sure that the fight still continues today and that it's not over. Yeah.